0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Thankful to all the ones that's had a part in this that has studied and taught and and uh, in this series. So I've uh, just going to have a small part in it also. So. What we want to do is uh, we'll just start at Ephesians. And I'm just going to, basically, I'm going to read the 10th and the 11th verse. And then I'll jump to the 17th verse. Paul in his writing says this. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And now 17... And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So he's telling us, he said, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we know that's a spiritual term, but we know what it means. He said, this word right here is just as if you took up a weapon and you can use it against the enemy that's going to try because we know from the Lord that did this and he used the word literally. And if God uses his own word against the enemy, that tells me where I stand. So if, if the enemy, and Lord, if, if that wasn't an understatement, when the enemy attacks me, that I'm to pick up this sword and use it, quote it, rely on it. He said, be strong in the Lord not in me, not in my flesh, because I have no strength other than the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so he takes them. Now, when you go back to the old old days, uh, to the ancient world, you know, a a soldier, he's got to have a sword. That's just part of the equipment, a physical sword. He had to have that. And so... The Bible tells us we quoted a lot in in Hebrews, where um, in the four twelve it says, "For the word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and the joints and marrow, and the discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart." I mean, that's a mouthful. When you, if you was to dissect that up and really and truly, um, of what this word can do is truly amazing. And one thing that I always want to remember when I'm studying the Bible, it is not written to any people of a time period. It's written to humanity. Regardless of the time period, I, don't want, I, I do not want to let anyone tell me, well, we have got so advanced, technology has got so advanced that this is Bible... This Bible has got outdated. No, it was written to humanity, period. I mean, I'm not saying that improvements can't help our life. They can, and they have. But when it comes to God's word, I don't have to sit there and think, was this written to me in everything that has happened and in all the advancement in his life? I don't have to worry. It is for me. It is for everyone that we come across. It is for us. And so the Bible tells us, when, when you look at the Bible, in fact, the Lord said it like this in Matthew 10, 34. He told him. he said, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. And this is what's gonna bring the conflict because very few is, is gonna like what it says. They're gonna say in lip service it's okay, but when it comes right down to it, it's like the the man that stands on, on the corner and brags about how much he fasts or, or how good he is or how much he does in alms. But when it really comes down to it, how much do you really love this this word? And it's got to be with our whole our whole heart and and everything that God has done for us and. I want to go in, which I always do, to the very beginning. In Genesis 1, the Bible says it like this, and truly this is what I love. I love the concept of time. And the Bible just simply says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, God anointed this to be written, and He said, In the beginning. He's not talking about Himself. To me, that's just his love for humanity. And who's beginning? It's not God's beginning. It's our beginning. He said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. Now, in the next verse, or in the next chapter, excuse me, in verse 7, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, I guess, I don't know, to some extent, maybe everyone goes through this. I know I did. You just sit around in your teens, basically, I guess, when this happens, and you just wonder, what am I truly doing here? You know, and somebody asked you, what, what's wrong with you? You know, I'm bored. But when we really get enough age and maturity on us to understand that we could understand this concept, no other creature on the planet was privileged enough to have God breathe the breath of life in them but men. And so if I say that I understand that and I'm a Christian and I go on and I still find myself pouting and sitting around like, wow, this is life? This is it. You know, really, what must the Lord think of me if I act like I'm so insulted with the life that he's given me, you know, and everything that he done? Because truly, when it comes right down to it, this is it. This is what God gave us. But I think what a lot of people fail to realize is that with that breath came also Eternity. It ain't just when you just live and die and it's all over. You got to capture that eternity that when I die, this is not over. When God breathed into us, he breathed eternity into us. And I want to look at that as a privilege because what God gave me is not going to be something like when I die, Ken's body might might be done. But that spirit God imparted into me is not gonna be through. And that's because the Lord, what he put, what he put in us. And it is really and truly them verses to me just put it all in perspective to me of what is the true value of life. When I look back and see how this started and what God actually did and what he went through. And that's why I just... I have always said it, you know, I'm more of a loner per se, but really and truly, I really have to guard myself. And I'm just flat being honest with you because I do not want to make after everything that God did. I don't want to act like I'm trying to insult God after everything he done and everything he continues to do every day. But he... His word, you know, he was given, he, his word was given to us and it was written to us. Now this, this, I've said it and I, I I will continue to say it, but this is the benchmark no matter where we're at, what we're going through at any stage. That's why if, would we have things I've, I've had, I'm sure if you had, or some, some people's like, show me in the Bible where it says about this. You know, we, any situation we find ourselves in, the hard situations, we can't say, you know, I don't know. After all we've been taught about the Lord and his word, I got to get along with God and the sword and find out what I need to do because the benchmark won't let me down. When everything else seems like it's running downhill, This uh, put me back on a level playing field. When I listen to someone that says, you know, you're all messed up. You're way out where you should be. You know, I got to turn that voice off and get in the closet and let God put me back where I need to be. And he can do it. I promise you, he can. And he'll he'll do that. And just one thing that we've seen, and I mean, I don't know how long it's going to be, how much more time is going to be blamed on the pandemic? Uh, pandemic, But it's just, it is just, life has just seemed like it's got more intense. It's just like if you cut somebody off, you better be packing a, well, uh, this is being recorded, so I won't <laughs> finish that. But it is just so intense. It is just literally like people has just went to the extreme with it. And really and truly, You know, I've almost, well, I've wanted to, but I hadn't did it yet, put a bumper sticker on the back of my truck that says, there is nothing more precious than life. And God thought enough of you to create you. And when it comes to life, I mean, there is nothing more precious than life. And because we've had, regardless where you stand on this, I mean, it's, it, it's been, there's been laws in this country. Life is so precious that if you willfully take a life, you could uh, pay with your own life because we have look at life because of its origin, where it came from, how it was created because God created the life that we have and that's why it's so precious in his word that he's given us because it is truly Now, but in saying what I said about the pandemic, I mean, it just seemed like of everything that we went through with the riots and you just had so many people, it just seemed like their their nerves was just gone or whatever. You know, I don't know, and I'll just say this, and also being honest, I really don't know if that was just a sign of the time or if that was just people being pinned up, I think God is in control, no matter what my eyes is looking at. So humanity can name it on whatever they want to, you know, but it's just, I'm gonna name a few statistics and just, I'm not picking on no one, so please don't get uncomfortable on me. But of this time in which we live, In 2018, Planned Parenthood committed 133 abortions for every adoption referral it made, just the referral. In 2019, there was 354,871 unborn children taken. In also 2019, they also took in 1.6 billion. 38% of that was of taxpayers' expense to the tune of 618 million. In New York City alone, one sect of the population, I won't name it, but one sect of the population, more children are taken than are birthed alive. Now, as of 2019, also in New York, that the law now allows for abortion to be performed all the way up to full term. Our own government is giving up to $500,000 in grants to spread atheism overseas and the federal government says it like this, it's designed to promote atheism and humanism overseas and encourage dissent from religious belief. They reject the doctrines and authority of his holy word. Now, it's just, I don't want to say it's just life. But you, you that's why I'm saying I don't want to sound like I'm picking on nobody. But you go to 1 Kings and you want to talk about tragedy and read about the people of God that sacrificed their sons and daughters to the false gods. So uh, I don't want to be as common to say this is nothing new. I, I don't mean it that way. But what I'm saying, life is God-given, and it must be held as the most precious thing we have according to his holy word. We have it. We have this word. Now, I want to I put up something um uh, it's a little drawing I made, and I'm hoping that I can explain this. Um, okay. <laughs> what it is, if, if you're any kind of carpenter experience, you would uh, know what it is. The first one that has the two lines and the x's in the middle is one is one drawing, and then the one to the right of it is just a line with two x's, just a single line. Okay, what that is, me being a mason, when you go, in this where we just built is a good, a good illustration. Walls that's inside the home, naturally it's just called an interior wall. So when you lay that house out, most builders go in there, and this is one that I've seen happen. So the builder that I'm referring to would not let his carpenters, when they chalked the lines on the floor, they had to be the two lines with the X. other words, the two before went in between the two. There was no mistake. Some carpenters would just pop one line and put an X, and then over time, if you didn't build it right, then the X could be rubbed out and a mistake could happen. So what I'm getting at is... What happened was all the years that this man preached this because it was his family building these homes, he got up in age and it just got to the point where I won't speak for him. I'll just say, stood up, popping the two lines, he popped the one line and built the wall. Everything looked fine. I was there doing the the sidewalks is how I got in on it. And then his sons come got me and they're like, you're not going to believe what happened. And when it was over, he was right. I couldn't believe what has happened. Okay, here's my point. That's a natural, I want to make a spiritual from it. When you go into the house, you couldn't tell nothing was wrong. But when you put the benchmark to it, When you taped the floor one side was on the X the other side was on the other side meaning the wall was three and a half inches off. So here here is one point you can make from that. It was not only off in this room but when you walked around to the other room it was off in that room. So this is why God has given us his word. Every statement that is wrong and everywhere that statement goes, everything it touches is wrong. It's just wrong. God gave us a benchmark to check it with. So here he's thinking, I've done it right and when you walked into that house, this is my point. For natural, looking at it, it was up just like that. It was painted, caught and to your eyes, you couldn't tell anything was wrong. You'd have said, there's nothing wrong with that. So when a man mixes enough word with it, and then you're thinking, that looks pretty close to me. But you don't check it with a the benchmark. Then it's off, and it's off right in front of your eyes, and you don't detect it. So God said, I'm not gonna let my children be that way. I'm gonna give them a benchmark, I'm gonna give them my word and then they can check that. So when they did this, that was a lot to correct because the wall was finished. I mean, finished, painted and everything before it was ever caught. So that's why I'm saying it's, it's, I don't wanna be the one that just, well, it's okay, it's okay. That's why we're encouraged no matter who's doing this up here, Check it with a benchmark. God gave us his word, and you know what? If it lines up, everything will match. We don't have to worry, we don't have to worry about the wall being here and being over here three and a half inches off. No, it won't be. It will be right. Now in Genesis, I hope I hope you got that. In Genesis uh, the third chapter, the Lord literally has to tell. Um, Adam and Eve, or I'll just stick with Adam, okay? He goes to, in chapter three, verse 23, look, it says, therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken, okay? It tells him he, he sent him forth. The language don't seem too bad, okay? But 24, so he drove out the man and he placed him in the east end of the garden of Eden uh, at, at the garden, cherubim, a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Okay, here he is. God literally drives him out of the garden. I mean, I don't, I'm, I, I, I wouldn't bash Adam. I'd be the same way. I'm in paradise. You got to make me leave. So here, here he's got everything like he wants. So the Lord basically. I don't know if he wanted Adam to leave. And then the Bible says he drove him out. But the thing of it is, he took a sword. And, a put, and so the last thing that Adam sees, so to speak, is a sword with flames on it. And so that's what he sees. But let us learn a lesson of this. Here, I just wish, I don't know, If I remember this, I don't know if it'll matter. But almost I just wish I could wake Adam up and tell him, you know what? The last thing you've seen when you left was a sword. And just how God can do us. We can find ourselves involved in situations of things that we think is gonna destroy us. And God can use the same thing because the last thing he's seen is that. And I just like to tell Adam in the New Testament, guess what he's going to use to get us back in? The sword is what drove you out, but the sword is what's going to get us back in. So, just like situations we find ourselves in, thinking there's no way this is going to be straightened out, don't cut God short. I mean, God can help us out no matter what it looks like. He will do it. He will do it. He'll take the sword and do it. And, and now I want to read, the Bible talks about, there's three moments of time in the New Testament. There's only three. One is when the, the enemy took him up to the high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment. And all three actually mean something different. That these three moments, now, each one is used only one time in the Bible where Satan tempted him as flashing his eyes a vision of the whole world offering uh, it to him without having to endure the cross. But the Greek word here for moment meaning a a point. It was like if you're writing a, a sentence and you come to the end, you just put a dot. That's what that meant. It was just a dot in time. In other words, the Lord wasn't interested I mean, he, he had no beginning and no end. So this moment of time to the Lord was just a dot on the page. That's all it was. So the second one, it says, we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Now, in this passage, uh, it's talking about just pure invisible. And so it takes... Meaning an invisible particle, an atom of time, so when you take and do this, it means it's too instantaneous to measure. Now, there is, and I'm trying to find it, and I don't think I got it, but I think I've remembered it. It says here, that's what number two it changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. we're we talking about how fast that's going to be. Well, scientists has recorded. The fastest thing so far and it's it's a, a, um, a trillionth of a billionth of a second. I can't even put that. But when God anointed Paul to write this, he said it's gonna be so quick that you can't measure it. I'm coming to get you and it's gonna be quick. And that's what that moment means. But right now, the third one it talks about our bodies, how they can be weak, uh, how they they can be uh, weak and easily beset with pain and sickness. Nevertheless, we are assured that our light affliction is but for a moment, and it worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Figuring out what we're doing and figuring out what we're living for. In other words, he said, don't let what you're going through right now take and overrun of what you got coming because this right now is just something that's only gonna last for a moment. And what the enemy loves to do is just literally take and just get our eyes so fixed on the temporal that we forget the eternal because it's just, I mean, we're just human and I mean, when you, you go to work, you come home, you're tired, you just, you just think, and you're just saying, man, you're just wore out. And for long, you know, your mind wants to drift. And Paul, that's why in reading God's word, you got to keep back to this is only temporal. God helped me to get my mind off the temporal and realize that what's eternal is what's going to matter. And so in the Bible, I'm going to read one more scripture that the Bible talks about. This is just one thing that, that we'll, we'll face. It says it like this. But there was false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privately bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. Now that's unreal. Denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Through covetousness they shall with fain words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. God's word is gonna go forth. It's gonna be true and it's gonna be righteous. Yes, there. Paul told us, or the apostle Peter, excuse me, told us right here, there is gonna be some and he said, and there may be some among you. He said, but that's, I I, I go back to this is our hope. If you find somebody that sounds a little strange, Check it with a benchmark. I'm telling you, I mean, God's not gonna let you be deceived. And you know, the thing that's used to just, I'm not saying it don't horrify me, but you don't even know when you're deceived. Well, okay, my answer to that is stay with a benchmark. God, help me, show me when something's wrong. Don't let me go down the wrong road that I shouldn't be going down because your word is truth and I believe that what I'm seeking is in uh, seeking his way that no matter what my eyes is looking at it may be looking at something that I can see that is surely not working out but if this word says it's gonna be then forget the temporal and stick with the eternal because it is just it's like people, you know, well, you're just, you're just saying that because you're a Christian. No, I'm saying that because it's written in God's word because it is his word and his word is going to be true. And in the Old Testament, soldiers were defined as this, men who draw the sword. I like that. That's what defined a soldier. And so I, I think you could, uh, you could look at that spiritually. God could look at his, his people as those that would draw the sword. When the enemy messed with them, not only did they draw the sword, they knew the sword. They had his word planted in here. They had it. And the one thing that on the lessons that we've been studying about is when you read it and study it, one thing that you notice is there's no armor provided for the back. Hit him straight on because be strong in the Lord. That's where our strength's gonna come from. Not in me, not looking like like what am I gonna do. I'm not gonna do nothing but stay with the Lord. That's where my power's gonna be. That's where it's gonna be. And now his truth, his truth is gonna be equal because when somebody Is ministering and somebody is preaching, and somebody said, This is the Word of God. This is gonna equal it out. It will, I'm telling you, it will. When God's ministers is preaching and everything is truth, that's the way that we can tell the benchmark is right because His Word will always equal it out. And His Word, I'm thankful for it. I thank Him for His Word. I've always loved his word and I still do. I thank him for what he's given me through his word and I just, I love him for it. I thank him for what he'd done in the beginning of breathing life into us and putting spirit in us and I thank him for it and I thank him for this series. I'm gonna ask you to stand if our musicians want to or just however how they wanna do it, it's fine. But all of this that we've studied here God has given us, he's given us weapons to put on. He's given us his word to fight with, to overcome with, and we can overcome the enemy every time he comes up against us. Amen. And though he's going to try, he's going to attempt, but situations just like Adam, the last thing he's seen was a sword, and God turned something around. And use a sword to bring us back in. I'm thankful. Only God can do that. Only God will do that. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to just
2: remain standing. I'm going to ask Brother Davis, if he will, to make his way to the platform. And uh, we have been in a series of talking about the whole armor of God, Ephesians 6. And this is a very familiar passage of scripture for most people who have been around church or serving the Lord any, for any amount of time at all. And so it seems like a very well-worn path. But I believe in the hour that we're living in that that these scriptures cannot be visited too often to remind ourselves that we must put on the whole armor of God. Because we are not facing a physical battle, but we're facing a spiritual battle, amen. I know sometimes we do face physical things, but the thing that we really truly face day in and day out. I was thinking about the passage of scripture where it talks about Satan himself standing before the Lord or the throne accusing the brethren, day and night. That's a that's a pretty strong passage of scripture, day and night, no relief. And so that's why we've gotta put on the harm, whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So here we are, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand In the evil day and having done all to stand. And so we systematically and intentionally talked about having our loins girt about with truth, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith so that we might be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, the helmet of salvation. Last week, Brother Everett Bird in tonight, the sword of the spirit or the word of the Lord. The word of God is so precious. We can't, and I don't mean this in a condemning way, it's just facts, and I'm in this same boat. We can't even imagine what it's like not to have access to the word of God. We were raised in homes where Bibles were plenteous, and now we live in an age where they're everywhere, especially if you have any digital phone or tablet or computer. We have multiple, multiple versions of the word of God and so the word of God is precious but this past Saturday we were on our side by side and while it may have looked like to the untrained eye that it was just a bunch of men having a good time and and ladies, Sister Sherry Bird was there and other ladies were planning to be but uh, while it looked like we were just having a good time Brother Davis was my partner for the afternoon and he began to share something with me and I've asked him to share Just a few minutes, you can be seated if you'd like. I don't know, he he may get hallelujah happy here, who knows. First, I was thinking you'd say standing, but who knows. But I'm I'm just gonna ask him to come and share some of these things because we're talking about it from a spiritual point of view, but he's lived through the importance of the armor. And I want him to talk about that for just a moment.
3: Some of you might know, may not know, but uh, uh, I was in Vietnam and uh, got wounded and it was a, um, I was on a patrol in uh, May 11th, 1966, it was going on an ambush patrol and I was leading it and stepped over a trail, we went out, on had three trails off the hill and uh, stepped on this soft spot in the ground. So I said to my squad, y'all back up, stand clear. I found something. So I took a toe of my boot, scraped the dirt off of it. And it was a little plate there. I said, I think I've got a punji trap. So uh, I said, I'm gonna uncover it. So I leaned over, got hold that little lid and I pulled it up and all I saw was dirt. Come up, hit me in the face. It was a grenade in it and not a punchy trap. And uh, I was telling Brother Boyd, I, you know, my legs got eat up as far as I got legs into my boot tops. And uh, they dug out six pieces of shrapnel about the size of the end of your finger. Gave them to me later. And... Uh, I I got hit in the arm, that arm came across, I got hit there, it saved my head, even though I did lose this eye, it got punctured, I got a rock still in my brow, (laughs) but I did not get anything in here, I was standing right over it, I did not get a scratch in my torso, nothing. That was the body armor we had to wear. And we told us to to wear it. We hated it. It was 13 pounds, 14 pounds. And it was thick. You've seen fiberglass coming soft like cloth. That was what the shoulders and part was. But here was plates like an armadillo had, fiberglass plates. Forty-five wouldn't penetrate it. So it was heavy. But it's saving. And we did not want to. We didn't like it. But we knew it was the best thing. And for me, I should have got killed. A grenade, you're right over it. They're supposed to take your foot off. Had the foot went in there, it probably would have. But um, it didn't happen. And and God knew then, if I'd have got killed, I'd have been bye-bye birdie in hell waiting on me. Because I didn't know God in the way that I know him now. But thank God he was there. They provided for us. I told Brother Chris the night he was speaking, I said, talking about the soldier's footwear and what they wore, the Romans. And I said, you know, we we wore boots, but being a, just an NCO, a corporal or a sergeant, you had to get a staff sergeant or an officer for us to go down to the store to buy we couldn't go anywhere except the base store to buy boots or shoes Cause they measured us just like your mama did when we were little kids they was there to make sure them shoes fit because we was infantry, you go to walk boys so that's what it was but God saved me for whatever reason, I'm still here and uh, I'm thankful for that and I couldn't have done it and I'm so thankful that he gave it to me Because I couldn't, I'd been a dead man and hell bound. But God gave me a chance, and it was body armor. Somebody knew how to do that and make it back those days. Thank you very much. Lord bless you.
2: Thank you, Brother Davis. Amen. Let's stand. It matters. It matters. I think about our law enforcement, we see them on these July and August Florida days with all of that protection on, that must be so hot and cumbersome and it must be very, very inconvenient and there must be moments that it seems frustrating but there's a split second that it's gonna matter between life and death. And so sometimes we think about the things that the scripture requires and ask of us and so we might be putting it on sometimes thinking, I don't know if this is really necessary, but it says that you might be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. And I referred to the scripture a moment ago that he is standing before the Lord day and night. And so it's not, it's, it, it's gonna not be a planned attack. It's not gonna come when you think it's gonna, that's why we gotta be ready all the time, all the time. You can't wait to smell smoke till you get a plan. And I'm thankful for the word of God. I'm thankful for the hope of the word of God. I'm, I'm so thankful for the ministers that have participated in this series. They have blessed us through the last several weeks and I appreciate them, not only in this series, but um, I do this quite often. But as recent as this past Sunday, I just leaned over to my wife, as um, just happened to be Brother Chris Osborne this past Sunday, but I've been, said this many times when our ministers are preaching how blessed we are The Lord has just blessed us, blessed us, blessed us. Amen. So we don't have to worry about coming here and having something to microwave and just heat and reheat. But always we've got food on the table, and I'm thankful for that. Let's thank the Lord for his word. Can we, Lord, I love you today?
0: This message has been brought to you today by the Media Ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.